0: I don't know exactly where I came across it, but it ended up on some wormhole on YouTube where I was watching videos about, like, the cast of all that.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Well, that there was just some uh, documentary, I think, that came out not too long ago that was just like uh Maybe that's why it's in the algorithm. It was right? like the beginning of, like, Nickelodeon and all that, and so that would have been, a you know, a big part of that.
0: Yeah. Well, it made me think... About how awful kid shows are now. Yeah. And how mindless and it's like they treat kids like they're complete idiots. Mm -hmm. So I was looking up some different things, like just different videos. And I was like, yeah, all the shows we grew up with were like creative and Mm -hmm. fun. And they didn't treat kids like they were stupid. Mm -hmm. They just treated kids like, you know, they were people. And I came across this one comment, believe it or not, a YouTube comment. That I thought was really good, so I want to read this here. Okay, this is I don't. It's a screenshot I took, so I don't have the video of what it was from. Uh, someone named to Ooh it doesn't matter to it. Did doesn't matter. I don't know. That's their screen name. But they said the '90s was a unique time where children's youth programming didn't pander to kids. Rather, shows, commercials, and products spoke the language. Nickelodeon, especially. It was almost like the Wild West. Anything went, and it felt genuine, authentic, and fun. All that is a prime example, a show about kids being kids, not adult perspective or projection of kids acted by kids. Most importantly, it wasn't about a kid trying to be a superhero, a celebrity, or a social media star. The kids were authentic and just being kids. It was relatable. And then it goes on to more stuff. But I think that is very accurate because it seems like kids aren't allowed to be kids on shows anymore. They have to be... You know, trying to be a social media star. Or Hannah Montana wants to be is a singer. Not even wants to be a singer. She is a singer. It's like they always have to. Ha- it's very obvious. It's grown ups yeah. trying to pre- like writing for kids, trying to pretend to be like, like kids.
1: Back then, like there weren't any like they weren't ever really any like weird like semi sex symbols. No, like a lot of younger actresses and even actors that are on, like. Nickelodeon or Disney or whatever, they have like that weird like they have a sex appeal, but like that's kind of a gross thing to
0: talk about. Or they had those countdowns to when some certain Disney celebrity or musician or something turning yeah 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 that was all very creepy. And they still, I don't think they do that so much anymore. But I remember Billie Eilish that everyone was talking about when she was going to turn yeah, yeah,
1: that was like the the most recent one. Yeah, because I see
0: the thing about Aston Kutcher saying it was like some fucking awful interview or something. And he was talking about the Olsen twins and uh, maybe Hillary Duff or somebody turning mm-hmm. 18. It's like, oh, can't wait till they turn 18. I was like, ew. But everyone's like, yeah, the 2000s were so gross. Like, bitch, that Billy Isles thing, what was that, like four or five years right, ago? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> don't act like now is so much better. They still do that gross shit. I think of the shows like, you know, The Adventures of Pete and Pete or the cartoons like Doug. Uh, yeah. Even Rugrats, even though it was about babies, it was all shows about kids being kids and the adventures they got into were like the way kids would think and get mm-hmm. into adventures. It wasn't these weird, sit grown-up situations where adults are trying to portray children in a certain way. Right. And it's like, oh, the kids are smarter than kids. They think like adults. Like, no, that's not... They're kids. Let them be kids.
1: Yeah. I- they're going to do things, ir- irrational things, because they're kids. It's kind of like the um first It movie. Did a, yeah. real go- get a real good job with, like, the kids. And, I mean, and they also from the book, too, of, like... Their kids, they're not always going to, like, their plans aren't always going to make a foolproof sense yeah. or whatever. They're going to be real irrational they'll get scared or, you know what I mean? It's-
0: that is the one thing I disliked about Stranger Things is that the kids have had these brilliant plans that they were able to right. like, unleash. And it's like, how? They're, they're still kids, <laughs> especially the first couple seasons. I'm sorry, but these kids aren't figuring out all this shit. They're not, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's very, I mean, you really have to suspend your disbelief. I mean, it was still better than some of the other media. Like, a lot of these n- new Nickelodeon and Disney shows are just terrible. Like, you just watch it, and it's just like, this is fucking awful. How does anyone let their kid watch this? Because it's garbage. It's not creative. It's boring. And it's just all, like, slapstick, stupid humor that's... I don't even think kids... Well, at least in, when we were kids, wouldn't find that appealing. Nowadays, they find it appealing.
1: You know, one of my favorite shows from back then which I feel like gets, like, really, like, slip-on. And I almost bought it one time when I saw for, like, a complete box set at Walmart one time, Angry Beavers.
0: Angry Beavers was a good show. And it's funny because, you know, we did have these raunchy cartoons, like Angry Beavers, Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. Rocco's Modern Life, that had adult jokes slipped in, mm-hmm. but the kids never got it. But now it's just, like, creepy, like that... That Dan Schneider's that gross Nickelodeon. If you guys watched Oh, of, yeah, with the feet thing. I saw a YouTube documentary someone did on him, and he's fucking gross. It wasn't even the feet thing; it's just everything. He was. I think he's just a pedophile. There was like the I forget the name of the show that Ariana Grande was on. Mm-hmm. There was a compilation of just the things they made her say on that show, and it was fu- like her just shooting water in her face yeah. and just laying on her back, and it's like ew, that's a child. That's not you know. Oh, this is a subtle adult. No, that's just straight being a fucking creep. Yeah. So
1: that's that's trying to play out some weird fantasy.
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of uh, a lot of the problem with kids programming also has to go with that. That shit came about. I don't I mean, I'm not saying that wasn't around in the 80s or 90s, but I definitely don't think it was as prominent as it was in the post 2000s.
1: Same way with like, yeah, there were some of those stars like because I didn't say like and another thing, about, like a lot of those kids too, is like didn't uh grow up to be like super crazy. You had your some, like you know, you have like yeah. your Amanda Bynes and what save Save by the Bell was like the '90s too, right? That was 80s, '80s. '80s, and they
0: had a second show in the '90s.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna say like you know you get your screeches, you know you get those ones, but it seemed like all of the ones now, are just end up becoming up. just get, end up being like terrible people, just from for whatever reason of going through. That process just fucks them up.
0: There's a few things like you have a kid and you, you just make them famous for one. Yeah. That's going to fuck you up. You're not in a regular school and some of them still go to regular school. Yeah. But they're on crazy. a show like yeah. that can't be good for them. And just like the. Well, I mean, you look at like Rebecca Black, the girl who did that Friday song. Right. Just a fun YouTube video she paid to get made. And she was just getting endless death threats and right. shit. And she was like, what, 13 years old or something. So, if you're going to do that to some kid who's just making a music video, imagine one that's on a syndicated television show that's like five, six seasons. Yeah. The fact that a lot of these kids are able to become celebrities or stay celebrities, a lot of them transition to musicians, which I thought was weird, like that Demi Lovato, but then she's on fucking crack and stuff all yeah. the time. So, it's like, what the hell? You got all these people, it's like, yeah, they're successful post Disney or Nickelodeon, but they're not living good lives. No. Look at Aaron Carter. Yeah. Fucking, what he end up ODing or something? Yeah. What are they doing to these kids in these and these programs? I don't know.
1: Well, I actually I was listening to it was a one of Stevo's Wild Ride podcast, one of his episodes. They had the uh, which one was the fat one on Drake and Josh, the one that's not Josh. Yeah, the one, the one, the good guy, the one that's not the a piece of, non did not the non diddler. Yeah, the non diddler guy and he was just, he was just talking about cuz i guess he was into uh like you know he got into drugs yeah. you know after that and and stuff and like yeah he it, it's an interesting uh podcast if you like to uh, hear about that kind of stuff for instance in that thing I, I would i would advise uh checking that episode out it was uh just all him talking about like going to school and then like living after school like yeah. in this weird like apartment thing with other actors for like it was just yeah, it was just really uh, interesting
0: Well, I mean, obviously the industry is a problem and the people they, I mean, you figure that if there's a bunch of older guys getting into kid shows, like they're the ones making kid shows, chances are a good portion of them are not getting into that because they want to make kid shows. Yeah. And they just want to make money. They're not passionate about kid shows and making money off of it. They're probably fucking creeps. Right. uh, Which has been proven with like the Nickelodeon stuff. Because I think a couple of those guys got arrested for uh, doing stuff. But I think the other half of that is the parents of these kids. A lot of those aren't good parents. No. Not like I mean, think about it. It's like, oh, I have a cute kid. Let me get them in the entertainment Let me industry. Just pour them out. And they can make money for like almost never that's never gonna be a good parent.
1: You know who's probably the best person who came out of that stuff, especially like with like the nineties Nickelodeon? It's Keenan. Keenan, yeah. yeah. Keenan and Cal. Yeah, he just wanted to kill, you don't really... Uh. Well,
0: he went, like, uh, they actually have a new Good Burger movie. Yeah, I did see that. But he, uh, I mean, he made a couple of movies and stuff, and then he, I think he just became like a pastor or something. Yeah. He was like a reverend or I don't know, something. Uh, But yeah, Keenan, he went on SNL, and he just kind of, you know, had a stable career.
1: And he was like a, he, I would have considered him, I mean, now granted, I haven't watched a lot of SNL in a while but just from the stuff that I would see like he would I would say consider him one of the backbones of that oh, for yeah. for the past few years. He's
0: the longest serving member ever. Is he? Yeah, he's been the longest cast member ever now. Almost every sketch even if it's a shitty sketch, just the fact that Keenan's in there makes it he just is able to, you know, elevate it. He's almost like uh Chris Parnell used to play a yeah. really good straight man. So they would have people breaking and doing all this shit, but he would just yeah. go out there and kill it every time. You need know, oh, guys like that. His um uh, Black Jeopardy. Yeah, <laughs> Black Jeopardy's good. It, uh, he's just yeah, he, he's just a good cast member, but he's probably the biggest not the biggest success story obviously from uh child stars, but, but one I of mean, the more st- I mean, I guess Leo could be one too, Leonardo who? DiCaprio.
1: I mean, I was just kind of saying from that time period, like that uh, like that Nickelodeon yeah, yeah, from the Nickelodeon kind of kid shows that, you know, that we were talking about earlier. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that was way too long of a cold open about yeah. shows. I didn't mean... I was just meant to bring up the thing about kids needing to be kids on yeah. TV again. We need to get into more... So actually, I'm glad this went long because this is not going to be much of an episode. We are talking... We're oh, just stop. revisiting what the top genres in uh, fiction are right now. Oh, yeah. Or not even fiction, just in book sales. Okay. I was actually going to go and do the top book trends, and I looked up the episode we did, I don't know, a couple years ago on top book trends, and I looked up an article... What the top trends are now. They're the same. They're the same. So it's like, yeah, you know, ebooks are do- not better than print, but more people are reading ebooks. And then print sales are down. Indie bookstores are going down. They're, they're dwindling still. Uh, Audio books are on the rise. There's, the only thing that was really changing, and the only thing so much as a change is like the big mergers of oh, you know, the, the yeah. giant publishers are trying to merge and, you know, that shit. But it's, it's all basically the same shit. But we will be talking about some genres and maybe you folks will want to reevaluate, reconfigure what you're writing if you're trying to break into traditional publishing or even just what uh, is doing good business. You are listening to the Drunken Pen-Writing Motherfucking
1: Podcast, bitch! Woop woop.
0: Sorry, that was a little too aggressive. Welcome to the Drunken Pen-Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Georgian Grandma Gummer Church. Aww. You said gumming literally three seconds ago off air, so I, I, I had to...
1: I didn't say gumming, I was just gumming.
0: Well, you were making the gumming, you, I don't know, you deserve, yeah, that sounds, <laughs> you deserve it. And you kind of look like a grandma today. I don't know why. Just oh. the way the lights hit your head. It's, not, it's so cool. Yeah, chilly. We are getting to the chilly season. Right now, it's like things get comfortable at night. You know? Yeah. I like that. No more ball sweat.
1: Yeah, if you have a fan on, it's, it's like almost like an icebox now. Yeah,
0: exactly. Since I feel like dookie shit today, I want to do a quick episode. I'm just not feeling it today. I was editing the podcast last night, stayed up too late. I also. Started working on a new story because I found a contest ooh. that was up my, uh, I think it's called Elsewhere or something. Not the publication, the theme. And they just want stories about, almost like a Neil Gaiman's, what is it, Never... Neverwhere? Neverwhere, yeah. It's like, you think of a like a different kind of world or yeah. something. So it's like, ooh, and it, it, it caps out. You can send two stories up to 1,500 words. Oh, nice. Like, all right, cool. I'll write something for that. But it's because due. I just found out about it, it's due on the 17th. Ooh. So I got like four days yeah. really to work on it. It's due by yeah Sunday, so I have uh, I took Friday off of work so maybe oh. I can uh, try to get at least one of the stories knocked out but I'm having fun just like coming up with some imagery but they actually have a cohesive stories.
1: Um, said, so do you have an idea yet? Nah. Nah, man, not really. I
0: got the imagery. It's a weird one. I came up with imagery That I think is cool for an Elsewhere story. And it's going to be about like a dream. Story one is going to be like a guy in a dream world. Like he falls asleep. And then there's your uh, Elsewhere story. Has to unfold in this dream. And the second story, I wanted it to be someone already in the dream. And then they wake up. But they don't know if they actually woke up or if they're in another dream. A dream within a dream. I don't know. Some Inception shit. I might not even finish either. I might just bail. Actually, I do like how the first story started, so I'm I'm hoping at least finish that one, whether it gets submitted or not, because it's a twenty dollar fee too. Ooh, it's a tough one. All right, we are talking about twenty three most popular book genres for twenty twenty three, according to bona fide bookworm. How many genres?
1: Twenty three. That's a lot of genres. That's what I thought. A lot of subgenres, I imagine.
0: Maybe. Do you want to guess what number one is? I think you do
1: I already know. You. Fantasy. Motherfucker,
0: no. Romance? Of course. Always romance. Always bet on romance or crime. That's my opinion. So romance novels are some of the best-selling books on the market, Spencer. And that's about all we need to know. You know what? I will give you a little more detail. You don't have to just take my word for it. You don't have to take just Bookworm or whatever the site's called. Not take their word. Yeah. According to Romance Writers of America, that's the the, uh, source you want. Mm. They say romance books... Book sales make up around 23% of all total fiction sales in the U.S. market.
1: Good thing they sell those books in, like, small paperbacks so you can only read it with one hand. You're gross. <laughs> you know what?
0: People read these because they want connection. Yeah. You know what I will say?
1: Into a wall.
0: If I had to choose, and I'm sure it's going to be wrong, but if I had to choose what the top genres were, just the top two, I judging by all the places I deliver to, and all these offices and stuff, and I see actual books lying around. I would say romance, obviously, still number one. I would say cozy mysteries number two because I keep seeing yeah. those books everywhere. I did. I per, I don't know if peruse is the right word. I scanned this list briefly, and I was very surprised at one not omission but late entry on the list. And I want I want to know if you could guess that one. It's a major category that doesn't show up till later on this list, way lower than you would think. Horror. Yeah. I was like, really? Uh, I don't know what number that was. I don't remember. But So romance books, if you want to just make a buck, just write some good romance. Also, this, I think, incorporates the subgenres of YA romance and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think this is all-encompassing, just romance. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some subgenres that are they have to be. This list yeah. is long. So there has to be subgenres of romance that might pop up, but this includes historical romance, young adult romance, contemporary romance, you know, the whole gamut. Uh, number two... Now it's your fantasy. Now so fantasy. you were close, yeah. I yeah. see. I would have thought crime. Yeah, that would
1: have made sense.
0: Um, but yeah, I could see. Uh, it, I would have thought uh, not just crime, true crime. Yeah, that's what I. That's the mark because that's the other side. The that would be the third set of books I always see people reading.
1: Well, I was gonna, I was gonna wait till later in the uh in the episode to mention it, but basically. The top things are going to be what women like to read. I was going to say, yeah, I didn't want to
0: narrow it down, but that's generally the readership anymore.
1: Because there's a higher volume of women readers than male readers in general, I find.
0: If I was a more ambitious and social media savvy bloke, I would make it my mission to raise the readership of men. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important for everyone to read. But I especially see a lot of lost men these days that have nothing really to hold on to. A lot of dumb fucks. Well, and they're not dumb people. They're just dumb fucks because they have no interest in things.
1: Or, or just like um, my dad doesn't really have any hobbies at all. I don't say am I? No, you're not me No. Either. Oh, I'm back a little bit. I had to just finger oh. your button. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fingering your button a lot lately on. But, but like I was saying, my dad uh, doesn't have a, a lot of hobbies. Like he likes to go golfing and like fishing and stuff. But like you know, once you get past a certain time of year, you can't really do that stuff anymore and stuff like that. I got the reading thing from my mother because my mom likes same to with re- me. Likes to read reads a whole bunch and it's mostly. Uh, I don't know if it's strictly romance. It's, you know, her big person there for a while was uh, Daniel Steele. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she also then got into, like, the cozy mysteries. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's just even, like I said, I just think a lot of people in general, even even women uh, nowadays, I don't think, have a hobby. A lot of yeah, a lot of people just don't have
0: any hobbies really. And,
1: and I I find that so weird with somebody who has like 15 of them. <laughs> like Yeah, <laughs> I have too many hobbies. But
0: I think the thing is a lot of people are bogged down with media. True. I mean, you figure That
1: that is their hobby. I know
0: Yeah, basically. I know so many people who watch so many TV shows mm-hmm. on in Netflix and movies and it's like I can understand why you don't do it. And then you get the people who are really into video games. Yeah. And that almost is its own thing that you can't really... Yeah, that's hobbies, too. Though, yeah, so, I mean, it's each of their own. Well, at
1: first, I thought you was going to go with just, like, the scrolling on Facebook and Instagram. There's that, too, yeah. TikTok
0: is a big one, and I do not consider those hobbies. I consider that just mindless. Yeah. Even a lot of TV and movies are just mindless watching.
1: Caleb is not a cinephile. You
0: know what I kind of am now? Not a cinephile, but I do appreciate a good movie. I actually can say I have a favorite Orson Welles movie now, and it's oh, not yeah? Citizen Kane. No? I've only seen two Orson Welles <laughs> movies. Uh, so I watched Citizen Kane a couple years ago when I went on that binge. And just I got to watch some of the greatest movies ever, you know, Casablanca mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Well, I happened to watch an interview, because Orson Welles has just been, he, he came up on my uh, YouTube shorts, recommend things for some reason. So I was watching some interviews of him, and he's a very interesting guy. And I saw that he's—he said his favorite movie he ever did, he thought was his best ever, which means it was better than *Citizen Kane*, which is the one everyone says is the best movie of all time. He said a movie called *Chimes at Midnight*, hmm. and it's uh, it's based off a bunch of Shakespeare's plays. And I was like, okay, well, I watch that this weekend, and it was really fucking yeah. good. I didn't know most of what they were saying <laughs> yeah. because it was like deep, like Shakespeare language, but it was really funny and. The ending was really touching, and the movie was filmed in such, like, the cinematography was just great. It was just a really good movie. I was like, I could see, if I was, like, a smarter man, (laughs) I'd probably love the fuck out of this movie even more, but
1: I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that one. I never
0: did either, and apparently you couldn't even watch it for a long time. It was, like, hard to, you know, get on anything because, like, people just didn't watch it. Because I guess he had a habit of being artsy-fartsy and pissing off a lot of people in the, you know, like, not Warner Brothers, but just, like, those kind of studio heads. So he had to do a lot of indie stuff and in a lot of his movies then he, they either didn't get real wide distribution, uh didn't get finished or just like ran out of funding for advertising and stuff like that. So Fantasy. Fantasy Spencer. Oh, actually I did have one more thing I want to talk about <laughs> uh, before you the tri- Fantasy. I tried. I, I tried. Know, I know you did. Uh well, you were just talking about like the people who don't read and stuff, well, you know, working in the blue collar side of uh the world for as long as I have, I've come across a lot of guys who it's it's endearing on one part when you they say, hey, I read a book. Or I even had guys come up to me and say, dude, I read this article and it was really long. I've never read a whole article. Yeah. But like this flicker in their eye. Unfortunately, I don't think any of those people I've ever met pursued it. Right. But like even the ones that was like, somehow they ended up reading a book. I don't, they, you know, they usually have a big, because it's a big moment in their life. Mm. So they have, like, I haven't read a book since, usually it's since high school. And even then they might not have even really read, read right. the book. But they get this glimmer in their eyes, like, yeah, I read a book. Like, there's this major achievement, like climbing a mountain or something. And she's like, don't you love that feeling? Why yeah. would you want that all the time? And the other one, which is more less endearing, it's just kind of sad, is uh, just how many people I come across that just say they never read a book.
1: Oh, that's so weird. Now, I'm not talking
0: about the, because we've talked about this many times about the fucking people that are like, oh, they brag about hmm. not having read a book. Like, it's some kind of badge of, I don't know, intellectual honest i don't even know what you would say it's like why would that be a good thing i'm trying to spin it to make it sound like yeah. from their perspective a, a good thing to brag about never having read a book but it's just i can't but they yeah bra- like even the non-braggers just like yeah oh, i never read a book it's like oh you're, you're like you're missing yeah i mean even if you don't like reading you might that, that, i truly believe there's a book for everyone yeah like there's something out there that it would turn you like make you want to read but anyway fantasy yeah. Um there's not I mean we don't really have to talk about fantasy too much from your Lord of the Rings to Harry Potters to everything else like fantasy is such a huge genre it's hard to narrow down any specific. Again
1: that's probably going to be another one that has some subgenres yeah. coming up I would think I would imagine but yeah
0: fantasy that that earns its spot at number 2.
1: Number 3 true crime. True.
0: Um that's the only thing that inter- interests me about the fact that true crime is so high is that it is non-fiction. Yeah. Because we think of nonfiction, you just think of history and essays and academic work and biographies and stuff like that. So when you get true crime, it's usually the true crime that's written like it's a fictitious story because it's you know very embellished and mm. fun and I mean as fun as murder could be. But the the hook is this really happened. And I think that's why a lot of women gravitate towards true crime. May also because you know women actually have to fear for right. their lives a lot more than men do, but they gravitate towards true crime because it's a genre where it still has the creativity they like in fiction, but it's real Mm -hmm. so they can relate to it and have actually have an invested, uh, interest in the outcome. Uh, number four, young adult. That's very broad. Yeah. But the, the audiences of 13 to 18. And if you go just straight young adult, that really encompasses so many dystopian work, sci-fi yeah. work. So I can see why they just put YA, because that, you know, you can go on for endless genres if you just, every genre of fiction there is also applies to YA. Yeah. Uh, number five,
1: science fiction. I'm surprised. I thought that was going to be a little bit lower. Science fiction? Yeah. I mean, not personally for me, but just like, uh, especially when you told me how low uh, horror was. Yeah. I definitely would have thought Horror would have been higher than science
0: fiction. Uh, number six, mystery detective.
1: Okay.
0: So you think you like your Agatha Christies, and I don't know if this incorporates cozy detectives
1: or or uh, anything else. I wonder if that's gonna like if uh if like mystery and th- thrillers themselves are gonna show up later.
0: Uh, I think thriller is separate on this list from what I remember. So, basically, everything you like about true crime, but just fake. Not everything, because Mystery Detective is slightly different, because then we could really break it down to noir and, uh, you know, like the gritty crime stuff. Again, maybe that constitutes thriller. Number seven, thriller. Oh,
1: look at that. There we go.
0: Thrillers are considered a type of mystery sometimes, uh, but they can also be a part as their own genre, uh, it's because thrillers have more of a focus on spiking adrenaline, so it's more. That's why a lot of horrors are confused with thriller, because you know you try to get that emotion yeah. from the uh, the you know, you're like you're really worried about what's gonna happen. Uh, number eight, which I thought would be a little higher, just because we're living through it, is uh, dystopian. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I said like a lot of YA sci-fi or fantasy stuff is dystopian like Hunger Games and stuff like that. Like So many of those became really popular over the years. But yeah, it's so dystopian stuff. I, I like The Handmaid's Tale and things like that. I, I definitely see probably more movies and TV shows based off of books than people actually saying they read the books.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they even like The uh, Walking Dead.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I don't know if zombies its own genre, but that definitely counts as dystopian, too. Number nine, I was surprised by humor.
1: Yeah, I, Uh. that is kind of surprising
0: just like they don't even have an example of humor on here huh because it's just one of those things that's so niche i mean you don't think of humor as being niche but an actual book that's just considered humor is yeah. the genre uh so what would that be like would you i guess the norm macdonald memoir would be considered a maybe, humor yeah. i don't know it's like, it's tough like what actually constitutes humor like maybe a lot of satire stuff mm-hmm. or uh there's so many books that are really funny and you want to say it. Like, the height could be, like, that's humor, right? But that's not well, humor.
1: I was almost thinking of, like, uh Slaughterhouse-Five, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, like that. I mean, but then that... There's a lot of genre benders, too. Mm-hmm. That's sci-fi, literary fiction. Like, there's so many.
1: We'll have to... Because uh, there is, like, at the Barnes & Noble by us. There is a Look humor the, section. Yeah. We have to, like, see. Because I know, like, a lot of the comedians have will have, like, their memoir book or mm-hmm. whatever, autobiography. But it's like, I don't know if that... Just because they're a comedian, if it should be in like the 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 humor section,
0: yeah. Uh, see, this thing actually couples together both fiction and nonfiction books, so that would work. Oh, okay. So I was wondering, it's like, well, is it going to be just like joke books? Is it? Yeah. It didn't really explain. Uh, number ten, mem- memoir, autobiography. I know a lot of people, usually older white guys, love reading about fucking like General uh, MacArthur and stuff. You know, just like old guys. Did you like the Civil War? World up to World War Two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number eleven, adventure. I thought adventure would have been higher. I think like the Jack London stories. Uh, that's also when you get into subgenres because then you think like, well, do the sword and sorcery stuff counts as adventure? Uh, I don't think. See, necessary. I
1: I would figure that like the thriller kind of takes kind of took the place of the adventure. Well, the
0: adventure you think like Treasure Island, like swashbuckling yeah. pirates and.
1: I, I'm assuming, let's let's see. I'd say because when was the last time you even really seen a new adventure book?
0: You don't see a lot of them. I know they're still out there. Uh, so, yeah, treasure hunts, swashbuckling on the high seas, uh, mountain climbing, that kind of stuff. Uh, so surprising that it's actually 11. It's a pretty high. Number 12, gothic horror or horror gothic rather. While there's lots of overlap with the thriller genre, horror and or gothic literature are genres that are also quite popular and gaining popularity. You just, like, you see a lot of horror books everywhere. Yeah. Like, there's, every time I submit, the biggest, one of the biggest uh, markets to submit to is always horror. So I'd assume, like, the book genre would have been a little higher up, but.
1: Maybe that's, like, one of those things that people will, it's like they don't want to admit that they're
0: reading horror for some reason. Either that, or maybe they only read it. Like, almost like being in a mood, like certain seasons or certain times of year. Because I will even admit myself, I don't read a lot of horror in the like the spring and summer months. Like, I'm more of like a fall and then winter horror yeah. guy, like if I read horror. Uh, number 13, historical fiction. That's a genre I never wanted to get into because for some reason, and this even goes with movies like Back to the Future and time travel stuff, I get really pissed off at the idea of changing the past. Mm. I don't know why even like bill and ted i can't enjoy it that much because like you're fucking it up <laughs> like i don't know why it's just something in my head it's like even like glorious bastards where they shoot the fuck out of hitler and mm. it's great i'm just like no, it
1: changes everything i don't exist anymore because <laughs> you killed hitler like i just i don't know if i like that see i like um i like a good time travel and i i like to see how a person tackles it and like what rules that they decide to use or don't use because you know like sometimes they could do like you can go back and you step on a fly and it changes everything or you know you can go back and you can do whatever and it doesn't really do do anything because you were meant to go back to do like you know what i mean Yeah. just depending on what kind of sets of rule, rules that you use for your story i agree no you don't <laughs> yeah
0: how do you know what i do you just
1: said you hate time travel stories i know i do
0: I don't hate time travel stories. I like the time travel stories. I just don't like when they change. I like time travel stories that aren't based on real events mm. so much. I mean, I can read a time travel story. If I, can... if I take apart the mixer and, and I put it had, back together, I don't think it's I think I'm going to break it. I think that's the problem. And it always drives me nuts because when I edit these after doing the edits, like the base edits, it usually seems pretty even. It doesn't seem fucked up. But when we record it, we can see our levels go low and yeah. high and I don't know. I guess it always sounds okay. Nobody ever complains. Uh, number 14, poetry. Poetry. Makes sense. I mean, I guess there's a lot of poetry lovers, but you don't ever catch them in public.
1: No. You know, maybe we you don't go to the right cafes.
0: I didn't say they're always at the cafes. That's why. Yeah. Let's speed this along. Number 15, biography. Self-explanatory. 16, cookbooks.
1: The, I kind of think, like, like, biography would be in there with, like, memoirs and...
0: Well, biography is usually written by somebody else. Yeah. Memoir, autobiography is written by the person. True. Or ghost written. Uh, you know what? Cookbooks, I thought, would not even be on this list because of the internet. Who right? the fuck is buying yeah. cookbooks <laughs> when yeah. so you can just look it up for free? Uh, 17 classics. I don't think I like this uh, genre. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a genre now, but I don't like it because we d- what constitutes a classic? When do you get the classic status? What date?
1: That's an argument we always have on that Facebook page. Yeah.
0: So overarching genre first to a variety of books and a variety of genres. Very fucking. And then there's modern classics, too. They threw in. God damn it. Just say good books. How about that? Okay. So 18 children's literature. I thought that would have been a lot higher. I thought kids books would have been like in the top five just because you see so many of them when you go to the book. There's a whole fucking side of the Barnes and Noble that's kids books. 19, self-help. I thought this would have been higher, too, because I see, like, Uh, a shit ton of people buying self-help stuff.
1: Well, then, say, like... the Maybe the
0: internet took some of these uh, numbers down.
1: Because, like, I see, like, a lot of people, like, that will be, like, the... Like, they won't read, like, any fiction or whatever, but they will, I see, like, they'll have a stack of different, like, self-help books or, like, affirmative books or lifestyle books, like, you know, and it's just, like, I guess. Yeah.
0: Number 20, history. My dad wasn't a reader. I think he might have read the occasional Stephen King book or something. I think he was actually one of those guys, like, he read, like, It or something, like, a real big one, Mm. and then he was very proud of himself for reading it, and this was later in his life, Uh, but he wasn't generally a reader, but then he also would have, like, gigantic World War II books or something, and he would actually peruse those, so I'm like, he he was a Vietnam veteran, so it kind of makes sense that he, you know, probably just like,
1: yeah, they were fucking it up here, you know? Well, and I think a lot of times with those books, because, like... Yeah, I don't think, depending on how the book's set up, you necessarily have to read from cover to cover. Like, you could go in and be like, oh, I want to read about this section of this certain kind of fleet or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not
0: reading, you know, cover to cover. That makes sense. Uh, Number 21, I thought this one would be in the top five, but I don't know if they uh, include the Bible, but number 21 is religion. Mm. So if it's just, like, spirituality and stuff like that, uh, that I understand why it's twenty one. But if, it, if this actually incorporates like the Quran and the Bible, it should be number one probably because there's what, how many billions of? Oh, this is the U.S. market though too.
1: Yeah, they just put those things in hotels rooms. Yeah,
0: so if you look at the Middle East, it would definitely be religion. But yeah, if you look in uh, they, I mean they're everywhere. Bibles, like you said, they put them in hotel mm. rooms. I still think like if it incorporated the Bible, this would be higher just because there are a lot of religious people, and that's the only book they own is the Bible, even if it's just for appearances. Um, number 22, travel. Again, I don't know why people are buying travel books that much when you can look on the Internet. And this one I thought was weird for 23, contemporary fiction. Yeah, so... Just new stuff? Uh, let's see what it actually generally refers Anything post-World War Two. So just modern books. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So I don't understand. That's them, Nick. Okay, we need one more. Wait, did you say horror fell on that? What number? It's like 18, 17? No, it was like 11. Oh, seven. 11.
0: Oh, and I got to open it. Oh, I never now I got a fucking ESPN Plus ad. Thanks, Spencer. Yeah. Thank you. Just listen to the whole episode over again, okay. Spencer. All right, I will. No, I got it. It was number 12. 12.
1: Should have been 13.
0: Come on, you're writing a list of amateur hour. Make the, it 13. Yeah,
1: especially if you're going to have it that late. Yeah,
0: well, unless they're going by actual stats. I don't know. But so basically, folks, you want to make money, write romance, true crime, or just any of those. You, it's fine. Do what you want. Just don't write. What's a genre you think is poop and nobody will ever read it? Oh. You know what was surprising that wasn't on that? Erotica.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Like the Fifty Shades of Gray is like, come on. You know, bro. They they probably, I, guarantee, I guarantee they lumped it under romance, but that ain't romance. Yeah. That's something
1: different. That's some smud.
0: Skin books. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're done. I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> anyway, folks, we, thank you for listening. Uh, I wanted an easy episode. Still goes 40 fucking minutes. You could check out Spencer. I forgot your name. The Georgian Grandma Gummer? Yeah. On uh, your OnlyFans? Yeah, what's that? Grandma Gummer, huh? Yeah, don't make that noise. <laughs> Uh, you can check me out at calebjamesk.com as we close in on uh, my anthology I'm in that's coming out. Uh, you can also follow us at DPW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, whatever Twitter's called now, and YouTube. Uh, we thank you for listening, and we will check you out. Well, I don't know. Next week, I don't have a guest on
1: next week, and you can't be here on Thursday. I thought that was the week after that, you said. 21st. Is that next week? or this- No, that's this week. Yeah
0: i should prep for that then
1: yeah